Welcome to another edition of Paranormal Cryptid Rabbit Hose. Why everybody's sliding in. How you doing there, Justin? Doing all right. Doing all right tonight. It's a beautiful night. We're starting to get some cooler nights coming into the mountains and not so hot and muggy. So it's a nice, beautiful night. Yeah, it is, right? You know, it was wonderful uh, watching the news this, this evening. And uh, the government made an announcement, G-Man. And uh, welcome, Tammy, and everybody to the show. They're like, aliens are real. Uh, they do yeah. exist, but they uh, don't mean us any harm. And I'm like, what the hell, right? You know? So I'm like, what? this is like uh, old news, ladies and gentlemen. Like, we know they're here. They're, they're real. So. Uh, I so thought they announced that up. like two months ago. I thought they announced that. They not they announced that about UFOs during the pandemic. We can't say the C word because if not, we get you know right, 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 right. Ones. But they they announced the UFOs during the pandemic, and uh, everybody oh. like, and nobody yeah. paid attention. You know, so gotcha. Yeah. So we got lined <clears throat> All right. up tonight. Tonight we have a good friend of mine lined up. Uh, he is an author. He is a speaker. He's been investigating probably about as long as I have, if not longer. We have the man himself, the cryptid guru, Mr. Ronald Murphy, coming on with us tonight. Ronald Murphy, come on down there, sir. How you doing? Welcome hello, to the show. Hello, gentlemen. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well, I don't know about the gentleman sir. part, but... Oh, well. <laughs> I, I've been anxiously awaiting appearing on the show with you guys, and now that I'm here, hello, hello. Yeah, it's it's an honor to oh, have you. It really is. Absolutely, absolutely glad to have you, man. Well, Ron, tell us a little about yourself. Tell the audience a little bit about you, what you do. All right, yeah. Let us know who you are. Sure. So I live in Western Pennsylvania, and most of my research has been done, uh, focused, my research has been focused on the Chestnut Ridge here um, uh, in Western Pennsylvania. It extends from uh, Morgantown, West Virginia, which is about 75 miles away, uh, and it terminates up here around uh, the next county over. So it's not a very large piece of property, right? But it's very contained, and it's very isolated, and a lot of strange things go up there. At the same time, UFO sightings, dogman sightings, Bigfoot sightings. So it is and haunting. So it is a great place to be an investigator if you're looking to connect the dots and get to the bottom of whatever is out there in the paranormal, supernatural world. Uh, and it seems as if there's a lot of connection there as well, too. And, you know, listening mm -hmm. to you gentlemen being around uh, uh, you guys, I, I think that you kind of uh, go along with the same type of uh, of opinion, that there is a interconnectivity to all this kind of stuff. Nothing really stands out on its own, and nothing exists in a vacuum. So mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do is try to figure out how all this stuff relates to one another. Right. Sure. No, I totally agree with yep. that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm working on the same kind of stuff too with the, you know, the, there's definitely a connection between everything. And, and I'm a big believer in, in collaboration with other investigators and in all the different fields to come together so we can find the commonalities and find everything. And then we can start making, making progress, you know? Right. So that is the, 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 the real point here, isn't it? Uh, a lot of people talk yep. about para-unity, and I've been to conferences that espoused para-unity, but in reality, it's nothing more than uh, a time for people to socialize, right? In order to mm -hmm. get right to the heart of things, we need to have professionals. We need to have people who have been investigating for years, people that have been writing on the subject. We need to get all these people together and simply talk. And what I've been finding out more and more as I delve deeper into the speaker uh, aspect of the paranormal and delve deeper into doing conferences, that this world is one of the most backstabbing worlds out there. Everybody yeah. hates everybody oh, yeah. for whatever reason. Um, everybody <laughs> is trying to shock you into position. And I, you know, people that I thought were my friends, and I'm talking about not acquaintances, but I'm, I'm talking about my true friends that have actually stayed over at my house. You know, we've broken bread together at the table. People that yep. were my friends for just disappear, right? Because uh, it, uh, what happened to me here in Western Pennsylvania is that um, 
there's a lot of different investigating camps, right? And one camp yep. doesn't like the other camp. And if I would do something with somebody else and they don't like me associating with these people, they'll ostracize me. I'm I'm guilty yep. simply by association <laughs> because the personalities don't jive. In order for us to be taken seriously, and that is the thing in this field, right? As as you talked about UFOs or Grizz at the very beginning, as as things become more and more mainstream and we can talk about it openly and we're not these creepy guys that live in our parents basement right we can now talk about <laughs> it in a social forum we need yep. to have responsibility in this business people have to say you yep. know what i listen to what that guy has to say and i am going to you know make 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 a wise judgment on his words not because he's some sort of lunatic but because he's been researching this for a while what happens when mm -hmm. there's all this infighting and name calling is it takes us back 10 years again, right? We're now on the fringe, yeah. you know, we're not talking about this. So if I could change one thing in this field, it would be the the infighting because we're all obsessively looking for the exact same thing. And whenever you talk to other researchers, there are some people out there that are a flesh and blood camp, other people that are extra yep. interdimensional. And if they get reports of something does not fit into the way they view this phenomenon, they'll throw it out. They won't report it. So think about this, gentlemen. Think about all of the good, solid research that's been tossed yep. in the garbage can, in the garbage can simply because one researcher did not think that that was plausible in his worldview. You know, um, yep. one of the best conferences that I ever attended was the one put on by Josh Turner, right? The Dogman Conference. The first one was in uh, Paris, Tennessee. Uh, this last one was in um, in Fort Worth, Texas, right? This is where, yep. uh, uh, you know, three, 400 people gather together and you have basically 14 hours of speakers. Everybody goes in, they listen, they have questions, and then we all get together and we try to figure out how this all makes sense, right? Because I've had different experiences than Justin, you know, different experiences than Josh and, and mm -hmm. Martin and all these other people. All these people have had different subjective experiences. But at the end of the day, we're still investigating the same thing. So let's try to all get together, figure out what's going on, make some sense of this. And for goodness sake, guys, stop fighting amongst yourself. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about the world in general. We've got Absolutely. to come together, guys, or people are going to keep on making fun of us. Yep. Yeah. You're right. hundred percent. Totally agree. Oh, Absolutely. Grizzly and I have been talked about that. I don't know how many times, and that's, that's a big part of what we do our show for and why it's paranormal and cryptids. And why it's the rabbit hole? Because we go down all the different avenues of all these subjects, you know. And and I don't care if I like somebody or not. If you have solid research and then we can have a conversation, we can have that conversation. You know, we, we got to leave all of it out, you know. Yep. And I've been, I've been running into the same thing. Yeah. You know, I've been running into the same thing, Ronald, with my research and stuff. And people aren't agreeing with me and that's cool you're allowed to disagree let's have that conversation you know um what don't you agree with yeah, well yeah. where where am i in error you know things like that and those are the conversations we need to have right yeah see perfect point perfect point so what i'm hearing is this um so you disagree what findings that i've uncovered okay so let's have mm -hmm. a valid conversation about your schema right why this is not fit but you'll yeah. hear somebody retort with this argument that that son of a bitch doesn't know what he's talking about right they immediately start yeah. attacking you as a human being and as a person nobody is saying his research is flawed nobody is saying and they say that they don't like your hat they don't like the way you talk they don't like the way you walk it's never about your research it's all about yeah. all these petty personal problems that they have that yeah. is correct. Yeah. And being in law enforcement. And it's crazy. You know, I yes. look at the totality of the circumstances. And when I say totality, I look at everything as a whole. I look at all the articulation. I look at the facts. And that's how I form my professional opinion on things. Not on mm -hmm. somebody's 
you know, well, this is what I think is what happened. No, I don't want what you think. I want the facts. I want to see it in writing. Yep. I want to see what the media reported. I want to see what the police officers reported. I want to see the actual original autopsy reports, the medical examiner reports. And that's what I mm -hmm. want to go by. And that's where I base my research in my professional yep. opinion off of. Not what Joe Sally told Uncle Tom's nephew, son, at a birthday party last night where they were drinking a six-pack of beer. <laughs> so that's how we should base oh, yeah. the research off of. That's just my opinion. What do you think about that, Mr. Murphy? Uh-oh. Right. Do you, do you agree with that? Or, or did we lose you? I no, don't know if there's a lag me. there. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we're just lagging there a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's exactly right. I mean, stories are good and what people say are good. And that gives us a direction to go in. And it gives us what to look at. But we have to be able to back everything up, you know. And we have to be willing to say, this is what I find as fact. This is my opinion. This is my conjecture. And we have to be very clear on each part of those, you know, because it's okay to look at your facts and develop your theories and Grizzly look at the facts and develop his theories. Ron will look at his facts, the same facts and develop his theories. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I can't get mad at Grizzly if his theory is different than my theory if we're looking at the same facts, you know, you just can't do that. You just have to look at all the possible hypotheses and theories that are out there and go for it. You know, well, and that's the thing that's what people why, get mad about. And, and that's why we have people that specializes in, you know, in different fields to where yep. when we go to people that's been in law enforcement that can look at police reports, we can say, okay, this is how this officer articulated this, his report. Mm -hmm. uh, there's key phrases I look at and there's key words and sentences and structures. Uh, if yep. there's something that's been covered up, uh, usually I can uncover that. I've done it before with uh, police departments and first responders when people either A, made a mistake on a report, okay, or two, they were affiliated with something and they shouldn't mm -hmm. have been and they're covering something up. And that's how I look at things. You know, I look at what is reported on paper that is turned into the court system because that's a legal document and a sworn affidavit. Yep. I don't go form my opinions off of Uncle, Uncle Joe's cousins at a birthday party has just got done drinking three beers with his nephew. I don't go off of that information. Yeah. I go by facts, not by hearsay. So that's how, Mr. Murphy, I, yep. I do my investigations. How do you feel yeah. about that? Absolutely. I'm on exactly same page uh no pun intended but yes so so what happens is <laughs> that for most of my life i've been in academia in some way or the other okay whether i was a teacher or whether i was a student or both sometimes at the, at the same time so what happens is you come up with a theory right and you write about the theory and you research the theory and then whenever you have everything pretty well in focus in your own life you present it to a group of people who are going to argue with you concerning the thesis that you wrote that is what happens yep. in the world, right? And I've learned so much about myself and my research and the things that I've researched, the subjects, because people have questioned me, right? Critiques are necessary mm -hmm. in this world. But it's, it's absolutely turns to, like one of your listeners said, whatever turns to name calling and personal attacks, because no time have I ever stood in front of other professors and have been called a fat son of a bitch. You see what I'm saying, right? You know, they would have a problem with what <laughs> yeah. I wrote or something like that. And it always comes down to this kind of petty stuff, which I, you know, I absolutely despise. Absolutely despise everything about this. I love the paranormal field. Whenever I go to conferences, I'm still a fanboy. I say, I can't believe this person's here. I want to get this person's autograph. <laughs> so I want yep. that wide-eyed enthusiasm still there you know and a lot yeah. of times i'll take my kids i have five kids so i usually take a couple of my kids with me to conferences as well too and we've been to places before where people have refused to talk to them you know not everybody in this field is a nice person right but yeah, um, yep. I think, 
Yeah, it is sad. But what's going on now is I, I've aligned myself, I think, with enough of the right people that I feel pretty confident now. I know how to navigate this field without getting too injured emotionally uh, by anybody and still keeping friends in the process. And that's very important. It is. It really is a very is. important, you know, but when when you present evidence, right, and, and that's the key term, evidence, uh, and, and you want to debate or discuss a topic or, or a subject or a case, you know, I always tell anybody, uh, if you want to change my mind on my professional opinion, show me what you have to persuade me to change my mm -hmm. thoughts. You know, I yep. don't want to hear that, Amen. you Amen. know, cousin Joe's brother-in-law's wife told you this. I want something in concrete and writing because hearsay doesn't mean anything to me. Right. Uh, when I used to do reports uh, for law enforcement, uh, if I came to your house and uh, you and your sniffing other was in an argument and your brother was there and you say, my brother's a witness. Well, unfortunately, that doesn't mean nothing to me because he's related to you, so I cannot count that, right? So I have to mm -hmm. validate other means, uh, other first responders, other people on the scenes, other reports. Uh, and and there are there cover-ups? Absolutely. I'm not saying there's not. Uh, now, with the digital age, it's, it's much harder to redact and to cover up things uh, because there's a digital uh, trace in law enforcement now. Uh, especially with the cash system and so forth, that you just cannot just go in there and just erase things because you got that digital imprint. Uh, but now mm -hmm. in these small towns and so forth that still uses paper and, and so forth, yes, they can get away with a lot more, you know, things behind the scenes and so forth. I'm not saying it does not happen, but I see and I've seen in this field since I've been in the community for years, is that too many people will talk to say you, Mr. Murphy, and uh, you'd be like, hey, I don't know if this is good, true or not, but this is what I'm hearing in the community, and somebody's going to check this out. Next thing you know, I mean, we got a full-blown incident that happened, and it, it's the real deal, and next thing you know, the whole community's believing it, and it's like, that's not what happened. So, you know, mm -hmm. and that's where I'm trying to tell people step no, back for right. a minute. That's right. That's right. Let's look at the totality of everything and let's dissect it together. And let's look at it and, and <laughs> yeah, let's all right. take a piece of the pie and let's see what we can find out within each other in the community and see what we can do as, as a whole. Not as me, 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 and look at me mm -hmm. because, you know, uh, have you ever been in law enforcement? Mr. Murphy? No, me. no. And not on the wrong okay. side of law enforcement either. No, no. Right, I, I, I'm not on the so, good side or the bad so, side. So. So, so I have a lot of things that I can bring to the table that I can look at that you probably wouldn't pick up or recognize on when looking at certain paperwork sure, or affidavits sure. or stuff like mm -hmm. that. So that's why a lot of people come to me for just my opinions on stuff. And that's why I say my opinions, right? Uh, I've got a little yep. over 2,000 interviews in the hole uh, when it comes to uh, being sworn and non-sworn for companies. We're interviewing people for cases. Uh, so I, I have a lot of practice. I can also do handwriting analysis. I'm very good with other things, with interviewing techniques. I've been trained by multiple agencies. So uh, there's a lot of things that I can do to help things out, and that's why I can do things on my part that I've been taught to share and help the community. And that's the mm -hmm. key word, to share and help the community. I didn't say to help Grizzly. I said help the community. Yep. And that's where people, I think, are falling short. That's just my opinion. Yep. And he got zapped. All right, there he goes you again. There we go. Yeah, they've been throwing <laughs> us out of this. I'm not sure what's going on with this uh, stream yard tonight. I, I don't know if they want you to talk to us tonight. Yeah. <laughs> the powers that be. Yeah, no, this is odd. We're not even we're not even being like yeah, controversial so yet. Exactly. No, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like like when I'm doing my search, right? Like I'm not I don't have a medical degree. I'm I've I got like nothing, right? I'm a business guy. But 
when I have an autopsy report or a coroner's report or police reports, I find somebody that knows what they're doing. You know, I've got friends that are deputy coroners. I got friends that are trauma ER nurses and nursing backgrounds, medical backgrounds. I've got law enforcement friends. I've got lawyer friends. Right. And so when I have this stuff, I'm not relying on my own knowledge. My knowledge is more of a encrypted paranormal database. That's where my knowledge lies. But when I'm investigating, I need a lot more than that. You know what I mean? And then so reaching out to those people is is excellent. And if I have somebody, you know, like like is an expert in a particular paranormal field, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. You know, so if I have somebody who's like knows the Wendigo lore, like like Brian Tremblay, he knows the Wendigo lore. He knows Skinwalker lore like nobody I've ever met. If I have a question, I'm going to them. And then, then I'll rely on their knowledge and their expertise because they've been studying that subject for years, you know, and, and that's part of the collaboration. That's what needs to happen. We need to be able to, to bypass the personal stuff and then go and say, Hey, what do you think about this? Like, like even in the Bigfoot community, right? You have your woo camps and you have your flesh and blood camps. And if I, I I'm going to ask people on both sides. Right. Because like you said, we all have our own experiences. We all have our own reports. We all have our own knowledge. And if we can go back and forth and I can talk to this guy who believes that Bigfoot's uh, an alien and this guy who believes that Bigfoot is a um, an interdimensional spiritual shaman, you know, being and this guy thinks it's a big monkey. I'm going to take the opinion from all of you guys. And sure. put it together to see what I come up with to find find out what's really going on. And that's exactly what we need. That's exactly what I try and promote and, and talk with people and, and push, you know, that, that, that's important. And I also know there's a lot of people that that's say that, but then they only. Right. right, exactly. And I know a lot of people that say they believe that. But then at the same time, if you're not following in their tracks if you're not agreeing with what they're believing in even though they say they don't care then they'll just kind of push you to the side and focus on the people that do push their narrative and believe what they want to believe and that's what they go for you know and that's not right either right right, right. yeah it's well, tough I've worked with some researchers that have been so fed up they will take their ball and go home they'll just leave the playground right they get so frustrated yep. that they will just pick up and yeah leave. and that's and, and, and you know, that's because they're jaded and they, they they don't want to cooperate and i don't have any time for those people either right. yeah it's, it's a, a back and forth thing yep but i i can see because i know me and grizzly have had some conversations with some of the the drama I've been dealing with and doing all this, you know, and, and he just reminds me that it's just drama. Leave it alone. Do your thing. Do what you do, you know, and then that's important. That That's important to just keep focus on what you're doing, you know, and the people that want to listen to you and that will collaborate, they'll come to you and you can go to them and you'll figure it out. Like you said, you're, you're starting to figure it out a little bit. I am. It took a while. It took a long time because I've been doing uh, you know, I've been researching for about 30 years, but I've mm -hmm. only been involved in the conference side for under 10 years, under a decade. And boy, so much right. has changed in that little bit of time. Yeah. See, and that's me. I've been researching and doing stuff since I was about 12 years old, but only in the past four years have I even come out and done podcasts or done conferences or, or anything like that. I've, I've never come out, you know. And even in the four years I've been doing this, it's absolutely just crazy because people, you think this and think that, and it's just, you know, you guys just got to stand on your own two feet and go from there with it for sure. I know. Yeah. yeah. All right. In enough about the soapbox stuff. You have to have a very, that's right. A very sturdy back. <laughs> yep. Yeah, absolutely. Sure do. All right. So, uh, guys, everybody watching, uh, Ron is going to be one of the speakers at the event me and Jennifer are putting on next month. Um, we're really excited to have Ron. He's going to bring a wealth of knowledge and, and really have, we're going to have a great time with him. Um, 
you're you're focusing on vampire lore, right? Is what you're going to be talking about is vampires. I am, yes, sir. That's what I'm going to be looking at, and uh, you know, Kentucky has a bit of a history uh, regarding uh -huh. vampires. So we're going to find out what's similar, what's different, and we're going to kind of go on a tour of the vampire world. You know, I'll be your tour guide, and we'll all get along, and let's uh, let's see where this uh, this 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 trip takes us. Okay, and and where you're at in Pennsylvania in the Chestnut Ridge area, do you guys have a a background in the lore of vampire lore for that area as well? We do in Erie, Pennsylvania, of all places. Uh, up there, there is a okay. supposed grave of a vampire up there. Uh, but we're at, and uh, yeah, you know, we're still in the Appalachians right here, right? I mean, we're still. Oh yeah. This is still part of that. Um, but our lore is different uh, than the lore that you can find in Kentucky and Tennessee, um, it, it, which is great. That's one of the reasons I like to investigate this this so so mm -hmm. much is because we could be talking about the same thing, but it's separated by a different name for it or whatever and that is yeah. also what makes me a bit of you know a more of a believer because like the bigfoot and the other creepy crawlies that we have up here they go by different names down south but they still do the same thing right so somebody's yep. seeing something that behaves in a biological manner right so um i am i'm fascinated by going down uh uh to kentucky and i will tell you this too and i'm not just blowing smoke um, Kentucky is one of my favorite places on earth. The first time I've ever been to Kentucky, I was invited to do uh, the very first cryptid con. So I don't know how many okay. years back, but that was the first time. And I was in Frankfort, Kentucky. And um, yep. I've done many events. I usually do about three events a year in Kentucky. And um, the people are some of the most genuine people. I mean, mm -hmm. you go into these very small towns and we don't have this here, right? Here in Western Pennsylvania, it, it, it's it's starting to become a little bit more of a an urbanization, you know, because that's the process that goes on. You know, we're not that far outside of Pittsburgh, so all of a sudden you get this urban sprawl. You know, you, we now become a suburb rather than small towns. But what we mm -hmm. find, what I find down there is that small towns still exist. Um, people oh, yeah. look after one another too. It's something you never see up around this area. And you care. You legitimately care about your fellow neighbor. I love everything about that. Plus, I'm addicted, I believe, to L8. I love that stuff. Um, whenever I was, <laughs> recently, I was just there a couple weeks ago, and I got the new um, the cherry one. And I know that there's like a an orange one out now as well, too, I have to try. Yep. But I <laughs> love to go down there because I always bring cases of stuff back. So it's like smuggling across the border. Nice. <laughs> yep, I get that. I get that. Oh, man. Um, Chestnut Ridge. If you guys don't know anything about the Chestnut Ridge, Small Town Monsters has a fabulous documentary on the Chestnut Ridge area and all the phenomenon that goes on out there. Um, have, were you part on that one, Ron? I want to say you were part of that documentary. Or am I just totally off base there? Season one. Season one. Nope, season one. I was I was part of it. Um, uh, it was um, okay. The, uh, Sasquatch uncovered the ridge. Now they made one before the very first one, which was called uh, Invasion of or, Chest, or Invasion Chestnut Ridge or something like that. Yeah, and Invasion of Chestnut Ridge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was not a part of that. I thought, what the hell, guys? I just wrote a book about the Chestnut Ridge. You don't have me a part of it. <laughs> so after some stalking going on and everything, and I've always been a big fan of Seth Breedlove, whether he includes me in his documentaries or not. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah. a couple of years later, he said, you know, come on over and uh, we'll film some stuff. So I did his one on the American Werewolf. And then I did the yep. season of uh, whenever it took place uh, in my neighborhood. But yeah, I mean, I think okay. that when we have these kind of things, um, there is a, a unity there. And I remember being at a conference one time with Seth and he said he feels a little bit out of place because he's not really an investigator. He's a filmmaker. But I said that yep. we need filmmakers as well, too, because yeah. what filmmakers do is they allow us to understand that this is not happening just to me individually, that there's something more going on and affects more people than just me it's not it's just not my objectivity that's going on here this is an honest to goodness phenomenon that's occurring and filmmakers are able to document that and then we can share yeah. our opinions and share our experiences and uh it allows us to be more vocal about what we experience as well 
Yeah. And then and Seth is by far just a filmmaker. I have learned so much from his documentaries, right? Because usually when we research something, we get the the official story. We get the storyline, and that's what everybody knows. You know what I mean? Unless yeah. like unless you're in that area and you're talking to the people and you're actually investigating, most of we get is a party line story. We we get the filtered what's been put out there. And what I've noticed with Seth and his work is you don't get that. You get the real story. You talk, he talks to the real witnesses and brings that out to everybody. Right. Because right. we can read a book and we can read this, but those stories get rehashed over and over and over again. You know, to me, it's kind of like the LBL story, right? Wow. We all know the LBL story by heart. I'm sure every one of us can recite it pretty much by heart and have almost all the same so-called facts, right? Because it's, it's so it's been around so long and it's a famous story. It's right. hard to even tell anymore, like, what is the original facts of the case versus what does everybody believe about the case? That's right. You know, right, and I so and, and watching Steph stuff, um, I noticed with him is, is he goes beyond just the party line story. And he talks to the people that have the different perspective and a different point of view. But they should have a different point of view because they experienced it or they're they're right there when things happen. They were around when things happen. So they understand what the community was going through, how they were feeling, you know. And this kind of, and that, I absolutely love Seth's work. And that's why I think for him uh, to say he's just a filmmaker is way off base. You know what I mean? Like I Seth is awesome. His whole team is fantastic. I'm friends with all of them. Um, and that's why I became friends with him first is because I started there watching their documentaries when he first put them out. Sure. Sure. You know, yeah, from the very yeah. beginning and yeah. it, his, his work is progressed and he's just absolutely fantastic in what he does. And I'm with you. We need more of that kind of documentaries and, and documentation because that's what it is. It's video documentation of what's going on. That's right. And I think whenever it's packaged in a film version, it becomes much more acceptable as well, too. Not everybody sure. reads. Everybody likes to watch films. So whenever it's on a film, people are going to say, you know what? This happened to me or something similar like this happened to somebody in my family. Uh, but getting back to uh, Seth again, too. Um, and another point that I want to make about the paranormal film mm -hmm. is that he's also surrounded himself with very knowledgeable women as well. Okay, so for the, most <laughs> yep. part, for the most part, the paranormal field is a gentleman's club, right? It's about yep. guys with beards and hats. That, that's what it's about. There are so many women. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> well, uh, yes. Well, hey, beard and hats. Yeah. But, 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 but the thing is, Grizz, if you had a hat on, you'd be included in our group as well. But what, <laughs> I'm, what we're I'm not bald. Group, I shaved my right. head. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I do grow hair. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what we are overlooking is the, the role of women in the field. And Lord sure. Holman has said that he believes that if Bigfoot is ever going to be uncovered as a flesh and blood animal, it will be a team of women that actually sure. get to the bottom of that. And I do believe that. So we do have people out there. You know, we do have people out there doing very good field research. But, you know, up until recently, uh, you know, Linda Godfrey, you know, sh she was, uh, you know, a part of the discussion, but but really not part of panels. I remember uh, doing a yeah. panel with her in uh, Michigan. Uh, it was me, Lauren Coleman, and Linda. And Lauren stole the show, and it was all about him. And, I, you know, I love Lauren Coleman, but I'm just saying that, that, that women are so easy in this patriarchal society of the paranormal to be shoved aside. And I would love to see more women coming to the forefront and saying, these are my experiences. These are yep. my techniques that I use, what have you. Um, at the Dogman Festival, I was able to do a talk with uh, Lady Ann Celine, which I am, you know, that was my pleasure to do something like that. Um, and I really like the way that worked out. And we have people like, you know, in, in your chat room right now, uh, Lala Bright, that's making great inroads 
on certain types of of, of aerial phenomenon, you know, what mm-hmm. is going on in, in that world. And, and you know, and, and Jen as well, too, as a documentarian, uh, putting out incredible works and documenting these things that would otherwise be forgotten to the annals of history. Um, but she's documenting these things because they're all important. And as I said before, nothing exists in a vacuum. So if it's happening now, it happened before. And it's great to have the documentation of what's going on right now and to know mm-hmm. that it's in some sort of lineage. There's a past to it, and there's going to be a future to it as well. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we can better preserve what we're finding and what we're going through and what we're discovering for the, the generations that are coming up. Because I think that's one of the hard parts, at least for me personally, is a lot of the old information has been lost. You know, and and sometimes in some research, like you're researching it, then all of a sudden you're going, man, somebody researched this like 50 years ago, but I can't find anything on it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, and and then I don't know if that's just me because because, you know, that's how it worked for me. But it gets annoying sometimes because I don't want to rehash stuff because we do that too much the way it is. Mm. You know, everybody talks about the same stuff and, and that doesn't move you forward. It doesn't, you know, and so I want to know, I want to know what the guys were talking about 15, 20 years ago and what they discovered. And so we can move forward past that, you know, but what what I'm finding and, and in most researchers, I'm going to say a lot of it is just rehashing. There's there's stagnancy. They're, They're not talking anything new. I go to these conferences and it's like, like Bigfoot 101. Right, right. You, you know what I mean? Or I it's do. talking I about, know. I did this on this TV show. Well, right. I mean, that's fine and that's cool and that draws people in, right. but there's no education of the, the people. The people want to learn. Yes. Right? Yes. Most of the people showing up at these conferences know most of this stuff already. You either have the people that are just trying to find out what us whack jobs are up to, right? So they like to show up every now and then. You got the people that are there for autographs and to shake hands, right? And there's nothing wrong with that either. Then you have the people that are there to learn. They're trying to find out more. One of the things I love when I go to a conference, I love being the last speaker. I love being the last speaker because the people that are left in the audience, those are your diehards. Those are the ones that want to hear what you have to say. They don't want to hear the same old stories. They don't want to see you talking about when I was on this TV show that they've already seen 50 times on the reruns. They're here to learn and they're the ones still in the audience after 14 hours or after seven speakers in front of you. And that's when I, I love talking to those people. That's my favorite, favorite spot to be is the last person to speak. I agree. I agree. My friend, I agree. Um, and if we could talk about that just for a second as well, too, um, I also am finding that whenever you go to conferences, that there are a lot of talking heads in this field. They look good yeah. on video. That's the reason why they have the part. But whenever you talk about Bigfoot 101 or Ghost Hunting 101, I will tell you, I've met people that I considered you know, I was a fan of, you know, I considered the top of their game, but whenever yep. you start talking to them, they know nothing about the subject whatsoever or very little about the subject. And the only reason that they are there is that they are more or less an actor playing a part because yep. they look the part. And that happens oh, yeah. a good bit of time, a good bit of time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, Brian. People still trying to debunk Patterson Gimlin. 56 years later. And here's the problem with that, Brian, is they're using the same arguments that have already been shown to be false to begin with. That's the problem with it, because they say the same thing, man in a suit. It's been proved over and over again. It couldn't have been a man in a suit. Right. right? They talk about, you know, the John Chambers thing and the guy that designed the suits for Planet of the Apes. But they're saying this as almost a reflex because they have no understanding of what that even is. Mm-hmm. But that's just the same thing they hear over and over again. Well, there's that one guy that said he was the guy in the suit, so that's it. But they have no understanding of that whole scenario, what happened, because it happened so long ago. Mm -hmm. You know? That's that's exactly what I'm talking about there. 
without that piece of video, I would not be here sitting and talking with you guys right now. I remember the first time I saw it, you know, I was sitting on the couch uh, with my mother on, on a black and white television set. You know, this image came up and started to walk across the, the TV. And I thought, mm -hmm. you know, is that out there? You know, that what is this? You know, and it struck me as a kid, you know, a wee child. I'm talking about maybe three or four years old. It mm -hmm. struck me at such an emotional level that I think that it was almost instinctual that I knew what it was, you know, that it was part of my DNA that I could somehow recognize what was going on in some sort of vestial form of who I was, a primordial form of who I was. I could understand that these creatures were out there. And then all of a sudden, my, my, my brain was trying to figure out why I'm seeing it now when only my kind of collective conscious was understanding mm -hmm. what it was, if that makes any sense at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, Mr. Yeah. Murphy, uh, I'll tell you this, and uh, I got some slack about a year ago. I interviewed a real top-notch guy off the Travel and History Channel, and uh, I didn't know. And the interview was going great, and I was like, so, uh, when was your first time uh, seeing Bigfoot? And I never did. And I about fell mm -hmm. out. And I'm like, well, uh, I didn't know what to say. And man, everybody's like, how dare you embarrass him on live worldwide on your show? I was like, I didn't no. know. I didn't know. No, nobody told me. I mean, this dude was, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's all over the Travel and History Channel. Exactly. You know, Monster Quest and all this stuff. I didn't know. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, did, I didn't. You know, so, it's, it's funny. I almost posted something on Facebook. There's a lot I almost post, right? And one of the things I've been thinking about lately is just because you have an experience, just because you've seen a Bigfoot, it's not like all of a sudden all this information is downloaded into your brain automatically because you saw a Bigfoot walk across the road in front of you or you saw him while you were out hiking, right? For some reason, it's become this linchpin of knowledge, of expertise of whether you've seen one or not. That's right. And I think that's crazy. Because how many times have we talked to witnesses and they go, I don't know what I saw. Can you help me answer questions? That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, I, I've had I've had people try and say, I don't know what I'm talking about because I've never seen one. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. <laughs> it blows my mind. Yeah. And, and it's, it's almost kind of like the analogy that there's a lot of people that go hunting for bear and they're in the woods forever and they never see a bear. But a person that sees a bear, that doesn't make them a hunter, right? It doesn't make right, them a hunter. Right. It's yeah. just somebody who had an experience. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Mm -hmm. And then there, there's so much information out there and everybody, and I always encourage people <clears throat> when I'm speaking at a conference or, or whatever, to find a part of the information that interests you, right? If there's, there's something that's catching your attention, focus on that and just run with it because that might be the, the, the thread that might be the direction that nobody else has really gone before because nobody's picked up that interest before, you know, like, like the smell thing or, or I got a discussion the other day about Bigfoot scat and Bigfoot poop. And then I'm like, look, if, if for some reason Bigfoot poop catches your fancy, then by all means, go full bore and research that and find out what you can. Because there's people out there going, yeah, there's people out there. <laughs> Grizzly shaking his head at me. People are literally asking. I did not bring your name up, Brian. I did not put Justin up to this tonight. I nope. Nope. This was a, a thread I was in, and somebody's going, how come they've never found Bigfoot poop? And I'm like, really? We got Here. We let got me show you some pictures. Let, got, let me show you. An audience yeah. right now that's got it in his freezer, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. It's in his freezer right now, Mr. Murphy. Wow. The, the Wood Ape, yes. I think it's the Wood Ape Conservancy Group, wrote like this huge dissertation on Bigfoot poop and measurements and what it contains and all this kind of stuff because they wow. have like five or six different samples brought to them and they literally wrote an academic paper on it. 
But yeah, we still right. have people going, how come nobody's ever found some? And it's like, oh, you're killing me. And then I said they have, and somebody started demanding of me to send them pictures. And I'm going, I don't have pictures. I didn't find it. But I'll tell you what, I did a 30-second Google search, and I found pictures and papers and reports, and I sent them to the guy, and then the whole thread got erased. Right. right <laughs> and it's right, like, right. come on. Now, yeah. this but guy it, on the this information screen, is there. Not only found yep. it once, he found it twice and left a brand new pair of boots out in the woods. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sorry, Brian. I'm sorry. But so. if we're not, that's the whole point, right? If we're not collaborating, if we're not looking at other groups' research, like if, if I'm not mistaken, the Wood Ape Conservancy, they are a straight up, this is an animal. This is a wood ape. That's why they call it that. But they have legit research that somebody who believes in the woo should be following and should be looking at. You know, and that's important. We, we need to have those discussions. And not only that, the, the cross interest, right? Bigfoot and dogman people need to talk. Bigfoot and, and ghost people need to talk. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Bigfoot and UFO. And why? Well, because how many times do we get Bigfoot reports where orbs are also sighted? Yes. Yes. UFOs are sighted or, or all these different things that are paranormal or have ties to paranormal. Like, right. Like how many times have you seen a paranormal show and they're investigating somewhere and they start hearing stuff and I'm going, that sounds like Bigfoot activity. They're getting wood knocks and, and, and they're hearing something while following them through the woods and all this stuff. And I'm going, Y'all, that's not a ghost. That's a Bigfoot messing that's with y'all. Bigfoot, man. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I've seen that on a couple different shows. Right. Or, or I Shine, you know, and all these different things. But because they're not communicating across the other fields, a lot of that stuff gets lost. And that's valuable information. It, it, it really is. It really is. And that did happen to us on the second episode of Sasquatch Uncovered. And if you care to look at it, it's on YouTube. Go under Spectral Bigfoot, episode number two. And that happened to us because we were on a, um, a Bigfoot investigation. Then all of a sudden, these earth lights or spook lights started to show up uh, to the point that we stopped investigating Bigfoot and started to keep our focus on whatever these light anomalies were. Um, mm -hmm. I think that the whole the whole season at that point should have shifted to this kind of phenomenon because obviously there's a connection going on. Obviously, there's a connection. Um, and... Um, but, but, but again, as you said, it, it doesn't make for good television because if you're sitting yep. down to watch a program about Bigfoot, you want to see Bigfoot, you know, you or, or at least they believe yep. you do. If, in my opinion, if I was watching a show about Bigfoot and all of a sudden they found evidence for, you know, a dog man, I'd much rather shift that direction, you know, to see what's going on. But we don't. Sure. Here, we like to compartmentalize. We like to... Um, uh, label things because it's for easier consumption, right? We don't want to have to think about yep. it. We want to sit down and watch it. But gosh darn it, gentlemen, we need to sit down and we need to say, you know what? If if you are interested in this pro in this subject in this field, and you're watching, it has to be interactive. We're not. It's not like feeding a baby food to a baby. You know, you're gonna have to yep. chew on this. You're gonna have to digest it, and you're gonna have to take it and make it whatever you want it to be as well. Too. Don't listen to what I have to say. What I have had happen to me is my experiences. Now you go yep. and have your experiences, or you decide by listening to all the evidence what might be out there. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Now, what do you think about people that are in one field? Let's just say uh, ghost investigation, but I don't believe in Bigfoot. I, you know what? I, I don't understand how people can keep their <laughs> mind closed to one thing. Um, you know, I like to look at myself as a special, or not as a specialist, 
but as a generalist, you know, I want to take all accounts and put them into play. But I do know, like here in the Chestnut Ridge, you know, people will witness a Bigfoot in an area where there's been, you know, 50 years worth of ghost sightings, right? Or, you know, there's a UFO that has been seen hovering over an abandoned cemetery where there has been a Bigfoot sighting. So here mm -hmm. I'm pretty lucky that all this kind of strangeness kind of happens either coincides with, you, with each other or happens in a general area that has a history of the strange happening. Yeah. yeah. That, that's well, what, one of the hardest things I have, Grizzly, is when you have a Bigfoot person says they don't believe in Dogman. Right? Now, I, I, I can understand, like, if you have an opinion, you say, look, here's my problem with Dogman. Um, the physics don't fit because of how the reported leg structure works. And this sciencey thing and that sciencey thing. So that's why I have a problem with Dogman. I respect that because you're giving a legitimate answer, right? Like, that's cool. Like, I may not agree with you, but I respect the fact that you have reasoning behind what you're telling me, right? But if you're just going, oh, man, I believe in Bigfoot. I see him every third Thursday. They come out to the house and eat popcorn with me. But that Dogman, that just don't exist. That's just crazy. There's no way. No you, you know, and I've heard people or or the other one is dog man is just a Bigfoot with a snout. That's all that is. He just got a bigger honker than everybody else does. And I go that that is just as bad as saying all the Bigfoot sightings are misidentified bears. That's right. That's right. Right. That's right. You tell that to a Bigfooter and they're going to lose it on you. They are. But if you tell a dog man, they'll tell a dog man research all dog man is is a misidentified Bigfoot. And I go, really? That's really what you're going to say. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Yeah, we definitely live in a world that has been, I, I think reality TV has done something <clears throat> to us. Also, the rise of the internet because there's so many trolls out there and there's this level mm -hmm. of anonymity going on that people can just tear apart somebody for whatever reason, you know, personal bias or whatever. But I, I do have faith, though. I do have faith because I do see that there are people out there that are formulating conferences in the right way. Yep. And there are open forums like this show that allows people to come together mm -hmm. respectfully and talk about strange things that otherwise wouldn't be spoken about. Exactly. Yeah, we, yep. We do try to provide a safe place for people to it come. It is mm -hmm. and and, and speak about their own experiences. And a lot of people have come forward, Mr. Murphy, and is like, I'm not alone. I, sure. I've actually had an encounter. Sure. And, and here, here's my story. Yep. And you'll, you'll see it during our shows. They're like, I had this happen to me. I, you know, when I was a child or three years ago, this has happened. And they're finally coming forward and mm -hmm. speaking of it finally. You know, it's very interesting. Right. Yeah. I, I remember I was at a conference. In Virginia, West Virginia, uh, one of Daniel Benoit's conferences. And I had a lady come afterwards and talk to me because uh, she realized that I was open to, to everything. You know, I'm a 14 researcher. I'm not just a Bigfoot guy, not just a dogman guy. And she was explaining to me uh, something that she had experienced where it looked like there was a flame, like a fire in a tree. And she thought maybe the neighbor was burning something and an ember came out and fell into a, you know, flew into a tree and caught a branch on fire. But then this flame started moving around. Right. And so we're looking at it and I'm going, OK, well, I, I believe you. I'm not going to say you're nuts. I'm not going to say I believe you, but I don't understand what that is. Right. Two years later, I see a video on on TikTok of somebody down in South America. I think it was Peru. And they were filming a flame in a tree, floating around a tree. And I sent it to her, and she's like, that's it. That's exactly what I saw. She said, what is it? I'm like, I got no idea. No clue. But now we have a video of what you were talking about. So I want you to understand you're not crazy. You know, you're, you're not alone out there. People are seeing some of the same stuff you are. You know, and it's just that's right. you can't Absolutely. call people liars on that. Yeah. You don't know what's going on. But if we're not talking and we're not having that open dialogue, we're not creating a safe space for people to tell us stuff. Then 
we're not going to find out. Simple as that. Right. And the safe space is indeed the key. But they have to feel that they're yep. going to not be laughed at or denigrated in any way. And that, that's a perfect point. I mean, and again, like I said before, that's just the way human beings should act, but we choose not to. Mm -hmm. But no, I completely yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys, Ron, it's been awesome having you on, man. Great discussions. I know you got to head out. You've got an early yes. day tomorrow. I do. I do. Work, um, unfortunately, calls. It's, I've, I, it's been an honor to be here with you, gentlemen. Uh, anytime you want me on here again, just let me know. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you in just about uh, a little less than a month now. Yeah, man, just about a month. We're going to have a great time. I just booked us a, a mansion to hang out in. Uh, hot tub and pool. I'm excited about that. That's right. Um, I say I did. That's not true. Jennifer is taking care of it all for me. I just had to do the technical part because her phone wasn't working. Oh, right, right, <laughs> but, right, right, right. Well, um, where's where you going to be there? No, I've got a conference October 7th, so oh. uh, I'm I'm busy. Yeah. So, yep. Okay. Okay. Well, but it's yeah, going to be good, I, man. I yeah. Can't yeah, wait to have you, you down. So it's going to be a good time. Yeah. And I appreciate you so much coming on the show, and it's been an honor, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. We'll see you soon. All right. Take yep, care. Yep. We'll see you around, buddy. So, yeah. So, uh, the question, Catherine, or Catherine, uh, Spooky Network is the channel out of UK that we're broadcasting on. We're also broadcasting live from Japan. Yes. So we are. Uh, we added two more channels to our broadcasting network. So uh, awesome! We are, uh, we are adding channels uh, weekly. Uh, yeah, uh, Jim Cameron at Don, very informative person. I'm very uh, yeah uh, interesting. So and uh, same fundamentals as we believe believe in. So yep. yeah. So Ron's uh, a I nice guy. I've known him. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I would say Ron's a nice guy. I met him in person last year at the Paris conference with Jennifer, uh, my fiance. She was there with me. She's known Ron for a while now, and and you know, we're real excited to be able to have him come down. He's a great guy and a great researcher, and that that's what's important. That's why I liked him and why we wanted him to come down to our conference and why I wanted him on the show because he is a solid foundation researcher, and that, that's what we need. Now, before we wrap up, you said you had something you wanted to, to talk about real quick? Yeah. Um, well, I told told our listeners that I'd keep them updated on my current research on what we got going on. And that currently is the Corey Godsey attack out of Knott County, Kentucky. Happened in, uh, a couple years ago. 13-year-old boy uh, basically found dead up on a hillside outside his home. This past week, I did receive the official coroner reports and the death certificates and all the legal paperwork. They sign off on that. Uh, myself and my research partner, Pete, has been going over it all. Pete is the guy I keep referring to as uh, trauma ER experience. Um, he understands the terminology. He's dealt with, with animal attacks, people attacks. He, he understands the language. In the coroner's report, which is really important because I don't have a medical background. And these these autopsy reports and coroner's reports are written for people with a medical background. And so the, I bring him and we've been going over it. And we have found some interesting stuff. Um, the, the biggest thing I found on these Kentucky reports is they're a little more vague than what I'm used to reading in an autopsy report. So they're not as specific. And at least in this case, because I've never pulled any from Kentucky before. Um, so we're kind of questioning that a little bit. So I'm going to go back and put in a request specifically for photographs and, and the diagrams and stuff, because they just sent me the written stuff. So I'm going to try and get that going on here because I, I have some questions. I'm not going to lie. I got questions. So some things aren't adding up in this case. Um, at least, at least not from the, what I'm getting so far, we have been able to track down some people, um, anonymously that in some way, shape or form have been involved in this investigation and were involved at the time that everything happened. And we're starting to talk to them 
and we're, we're hearing different things. We've got several possible theories that we've been told that we're investigating because how we start off is we talk to the people and they tell us what they think happened. We get the official report of what happened and we talk to people and say, oh, no, this is what happened. Oh, no, we hear we know this happened. And we write all that down. And then we look at the autopsy reports and police reports and pictures and this and that. And we see if the theories line up or which ones don't. And we just kind of roll with it from there. We're evidence based on what we come up with, you know. Um, right. So that's where we're at right now. Um, we got some people we're talking to. Uh, next month, when I go to my conference, it's actually not that far away from Knott County. Um, and so I'm already planning on a trip to go to where all this happened. I've got somebody who's going to be my guide. They're going to show me uh, basically how it all went down so I can see it for myself. I can see the hillside where this young man was found. I can see what it would take to drag somebody up or carry somebody up i can see how steep it is i can see how wooded it is because those are all things that play in a port i got a bug flying around here um they play an important part in knowing what the real story is so the investigation is going well i'm excited with how it's happening um this one is not going to be as cut and dried as my Cot county investigation was you know so i'm excited to see where this one leads i'm, I'm excited to find out what happens and as we learn more and information I can put out there, I'll, I'll keep you guys posted and updated and we can kind of do all this together, you know, have fun with it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It's going to be something. It's going to be something. All right. Well, awesome. Well, there you go, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, hopefully y'all enjoyed the show and uh, we'll call it a wrap and uh, from coast to coast and around the world, ladies and gentlemen. Godspeed. Y'all have a good night and we'll catch you on tomorrow's show. Take care Thank and you have a good one. Bye. Have a good one. I'll see y'all next week.